0: May the matacha pita tomeva, tomeva banducha seca tomeva, tomeva vidyadravinam tomeva, tomeva saravam mamo deva deva. Thou art father, mother, friend, beloved, thou art my wisdom my riches, Thou art everything. Thou art also all of you, that one God, I bow to him in you. Remember that the goal of life is only one, to know who you really are. And this knowledge does not come by self-suppression. It comes by self-expansion. You come to know that your own self is that infinite one That produced all these limited forms. I would like to read to you today from Conversations with Yogananda. My Guruji said, When I was young, a certain student of mine wanted me to lead a revolution to free India from foreign domination. Actually, he had several people ask him to do this. That is your job, I told him. I added, however, India will be freed during my lifetime by peaceful means. That man was determined to follow the way of armed revolution, however, though I tried to dissuade him from it. The British caught him, and he was executed. Divine Mother punished him for trying to use force. Master, I asked, I used to ask him rather... Um, Bold questions sometimes You see, I was interested in Not just for my information But he had given me the job of teaching others And I asked these questions on behalf of other people too I knew that these questions would arise in other people's minds So I said, Master, if Divine Mother didn't want it And you knew in advance it wouldn't happen anyway Why did you let him go ahead with his plans? That was his determination in this life According to his karma was the master's answer. To the soul, as he often told us, death means nothing. People in their true self see their exits and their entrances, to quote Shakespeare, as fleeting appearances merely on the stage of earthly existence. Such is life's endless drama. There's another very interesting story here, and it is uh, one... No, I'm going to read it next time. Excuse me but uh, this this uh, the days of india's campaign for freedom are long ago for most of you today but they were very real then and my guru knew back in the nine, back before 1920 he knew that someday mahatma gandhi would free india with the help of all the people in india from English domination. Still, um, there was that story also when he came back from America in 1935 and the agitation was becoming more and more intense. So the police followed gurudev wherever he went, waiting to see if he would foment revolutionary fervor, and he had to be very careful in what he said. One time he was visiting the Maharaja of Mysore, and. Uh, The police paid a young English woman, when my guru was in front of many people giving a lecture, paid her to come up to him and embrace him and kiss him. And then they had press photographers there to take pictures, and they were going to blazon this photograph all over the papers. And uh, my Guruji knew what he was coming uh, for. So just as she stepped up to him, he grabbed her by the waist and held her up like this, he turned to the photographers, he said, "Now take your picture. Well, of course they couldn't and didn't dare because uh, they'd, it would have been a, a, an embarrassment to them. But the idea of revolution, it was not the right time. He, he used to say that that uh, at least the English are gentlemen, and they can be won by these means, but he said you couldn't do that with all. It uh, depends on... on uh, He said, if you try practicing nonviolence in the presence of a tiger, you'll end up practicing it in his stomach. On the other hand, if you have that kind of power, you can. One time he was on on an expedition with the boys in his Ranchi school. They went way out into the forest, and uh, it was too late to come back. And fortunately, they found a cabin there to stay in. It was empty. So they went into this cabin, and uh, the, there were tigers in that forest. And the, uh, when night fell, they began hearing all the nocturnal beasts and then the roar of a tiger. And the driver, they had cows pulling this, this cart, the driver, with his teeth chattering and putting everybody between himself and the door, Said that tiger's going after our cows, and my guru said, "You mean you didn't close the stall door? He'd forgotten." So my guru said, "Well, we'll have to close the stall door. Who would like to come outdoors with me?" Well, you can imagine the stampede of interest. Not one person joined him. So he went out. He had a little lantern, which he said would have been some protection, but the the uh, Wind blew the lantern out. So there he was in the darkness, standing between this tiger who had already entered the clearing and the stall door, which the tiger had every right to consider its legitimate prey. Well, what is a self-respecting tiger going to do if you stand between it and its prey? It's going to shift its attention from the prey to you. You'll be the prey. But my guru felt God is in that tiger, And he looked at the tiger with that thought. And the tiger just became like a pussycat. And he sort of rolled on his back, and my guru stroked him, and then he got up and walked away. Now, a master can do that. Anybody who has spiritual power of sufficient type can do that. But it isn't everybody who has that kind of power. And this is where Mahatma Gandhi, in his philosophy, great though it was, fell short of realism, One time somebody asked him, well, supposing somebody came to your village and you were a husband with children and uh, he was shooting up everybody, a crazy fellow, and he came and threatened you, what would you do? Well, Gandhi's answer was, I would let him shoot me first. Fine. So he'll be in the astral world and won't have to worry about what that crazy person does to his family. That's no answer. He, he, he would just shoot you, too. He's been shooting other people. Why would shooting you have any, uh, has any impediment? The only to, thing to do in a case like that is you've got to somehow restrain that man. And if it means killing him, this is where righteous war becomes a reality. If a country invades another country then that country has to defend itself if it can. You know, there was in the U.S. Senate in America an attempt, they they paid quite a lot of money doing research to see examples of countries that had disarmed and as a result of their disarmament had thrived. They discovered, to their great embarrassment, that in every single case in history, a country that disarmed was taken over by an armed country. We've got to face realities as they are. And if you can give enough love, then you can win anybody. But just not doing anything and hoping for the best is not the way. When you meet obstacles in life, you must meet them with courage. You must meet them with strength. You doubt, the thing that is important is, as my guru explained, you must practice ahimsa by not wishing harm to the other. It's very important when you you defend yourself not to wish harm on the other person. Sometimes you have to attack because it's the only way. Sometimes you have to defend yourself with force because that may be the only way. If you can do it with love, all the better. But in one way or another, it is true that light has to conquer darkness. And if darkness is attacking the light, That is when it becomes a righteous war to defend yourself. (coughs) You can defend yourself with love if you have enough love. Gandhi had an amazing magnetism that way, Just, just when the agitation in Calcutta was at its height before the Great Partition and the terrible things that happened then. He walked into the Muslim quarter, People were very upset with him, and they were throwing stones, but he, he was so magnetic that in the end he made these Hindus and Muslims become friendly toward one another. Now, that is not something you do with a benign smile. It takes magnetism. My guru had that kind of magnetism much more. But does everybody be realistic? I know that I was mentioning a few programs ago, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. That's a great story. I I saw the movie of part one, and uh, I'm not that interested, so I haven't seen the rest of it, really. But uh, I, I loved the book. But after seeing the movie, I read the Ramayana. What a contrast. You know, after reading the Ramayana, you feel so cleansed. It's such a pure book. It's not just what happens. There's a pure vibration behind it. I really, I know when I was in college, I wrote an essay on my criterion of great literature, and I said that I feel a light coming from the greatest literature, and from lesser literature, no very dim light, and from most literature, no light. Well, the Ramayana is a blazing light. I got a flunking grade because my professor didn't know what I was talking about but it's the truth. And from the Ramayana there is this it's such a it's a cleansing kind of wonderful wonderful story. But what you'll notice in the Ramayana is that Rama was by no means a weakling nor were any of the good people weakling. True goodness is strength it's not weak. And this is what I didn't like about the Lord of the Rings all the people in on the good side in the Lord of the Rings were wimps, as we say in America. They were people without any backbone. They had no strength. They were sort of a goody-goody types who, by just being good, somehow everything went well. Well, that isn't the way this world works. If you have two strong, two strong magnets, that's one thing. But if you have a weak good mag- magnet and a strong, bad magnet, the the good magnet will acquire the bad magnetism. The bad magnetism will will, uh, conquer. The goodness has to be just as magnetic as the evil. Now, in the Lord of the Rings, you'll see that the evil is very magnetic, very strong, very determined. Goodness can be, and much more strong, and much more determined. It isn't just a matter of giving a sweet smile and everything's going to be nice. You've got to be. You've got to have some spine. You have to be strong in yourself. If you want to create a new world, if you want to create a new world in yourself, then be strong in yourself. All the tests that a devotee goes through are not to destroy him. They're to make him stronger. One of the amazing things about my guru was that although he was so sweet, he was so loving, It just, you, tears would come into your eyes when you, you saw that side of him. And yet, my, he was powerful. There was a funny story about uh, when he was a young man lecturing in America. And he had great physical strength also. He wasn't very tall, five foot six, I think his height was more or less, and yes, he was robust. But uh, you wouldn't have thought it was—he was, he was a, a mountain of strength. But he was; he had tremendous strength. One time, he challenged people in an audience in—I think it was Symphony Hall in Boston—to um, test his strength. Six burly policemen jumped up on the platform and. Everybody thought, oh, my God, this time he's done it. And so my guru stood with his back against the wall, and he had these policemen pushing against him, and he said, okay, are you ready? Yeah, we're ready, like this kind of thought. They all were very arrogant and sure that they would beat him. Then he just said, okay, ready? Yeah. He just arched his back, and they went back and tumbled back into the orchestra pit. But his strength really was extraordinary. It was willpower. The stronger the will, the greater the flow of energy. And you will see that with that will, you can send energy to your body. And this is one thing that my guruji taught was what he called energization exercises. And we do them every day. They keep our bodies very fit. Many years ago, when I was building our first uh, building, I was... Fooled, I should say, not deliberately fooled, but my own mind perhaps fooled me into thinking that I could build a geodesic dome from a simple little model in popular mechanics. And this model was uh, made, it was a dome with struts, one-by-one strut, onto which you had to staple sheets of plastic. Well, the staple gun was extremely stiff, And I don't have big hands, as you can see, it was, it took a lot of, I could barely get my hands around it, so it took a lot of strength to squeeze it even once. I know there was a girl working, a young woman working on the project along with us, and she couldn't even make it happen once. Well, I was squeezing, squeezing, squeezing about 500 times, and finally I thought I just can't do more, and then I thought, well, if I don't finish this thing, The winter storms will destroy it. They did anyway, but I didn't know that. didn't know that would happen. So I just said, I'm going to. And with all my willpower, I sent energy to my hands one more time, one more time. by the time I reached the tenth time, all of a sudden it became easy again. You know, an athlete's second wind, as they call it, that's what it is. You put out all effort that you can, and suddenly the strength floods into you. I went on for at least another 500 times without any trouble at all energizing, willpower, you can find that if you put will into whatever you do in life, that you can create, and we can create, a new tomorrow for the world. We can bring what we see around us by love. Love is the greatest power of all. Transform the world, but it takes our strength, our power, and our faith. Joy to you. When the dawn breaks and then the morning sends the sun high in the sky, who would hide from heaven's glory? Who would pass the challenge by? La 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 there's a time for every people to affirm their destiny. La 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 la. La 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 la. Even so all of us together can create a better land. Live up post until tomorrow. It's for all who understand. There's a morning for every nation when the sun's high in the sky. There's a time for every people to affirm their destiny. La 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 even so, all of us together can create a better land. Leave the past, a new tomorrow waits for all who understand. La 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 la. Leave the past, a new tomorrow waits for all who understand.